0: Uh, hey, you're all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Hey, patrons, I forgot I forgot I was going to do your greeting, so there you go, uh, Saskaloolers, uh, even Scoots makes errors. Uh, it's time for the uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. And my Saskalews, it's time for the podcasters started off on the wrong foot. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, 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 we want you to sleep with the right one or the left one. Uh, good night. Uh, tonight's episode is also made possible uh, by the hard work of uh, Chris wosthew from Sounds Like an Earful Studios, who does our theme music. And edits episodes, Carl W., who edits episodes, is your Jonathan Manns on our lullabies. You can commission a song from him at Uh Kenny, Scotty, and Jennifer are on our honor, honor, honor artwork. Uh, Eric and the team are of Astound, or on our website. Uh, I'm at Dear Scooter on Twitter. Uh, sleep With Me is a part of Night Vale Presents. Uh, check out all the other wonderful shows over at nightvalepresents.com. And the listeners have their own Facebook group over at uh, on Facebook. And I want to thank the moderators uh, who do it in their spare time, creating a community uh, for Sleep With Me listeners uh, Julian, Jennifer, uh, Stacy, and Sarah, and Lauren, Keith. Uh, and that's it. Let's uh, get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you have all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Uh, this, well, this is sleep with me—the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake—whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, physical sensations. Uh, you know, stuff that's keeping you awake. Uh, something, something, you know, event or just like uh, generalized, uh, gen- you know, uh, whatever is keeping you awake. Uh, mis- it mumbles. Not being able to get your thoughts out. Sometimes not being able to be heard or understood. Uh, I don't know if that happens to you, but it happens to me. But Whatever it is, I'd like to take your mind off and I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, rusty meanders, uh, faded sleep dust, extra ahs and ass, and plenty of other things. I'm going to try to keep you company here. Uh, Smooth out a safe place, rub it out, pat it, uh, uh, do a rubbing and patting motion like you do like the comedy. comedy, They say, can you rub your head and pat your feet or whatever they say? I think that's a test to determine if you're a droid or not. I I, I know BB-8 can't do that, but um, whatever it is, I'm here to to help you fall asleep. And if you're new, let me give you a structure show. And let me just give you a heads up. This podcast is a bit different if you're new. So give it a few tries. I'm not asking you to reserve or withhold judgment uh, until you've given a few tries. But just keep in your mind, it's it's a bit different. It's it's not so much sensible, and clear, and understandable. It's very silly and goofy. And as I say, that I got creaky dulcet tones. Uh, So and they do grow. Here's what the funny thing about the podcast uh, is that I've learned from listeners uh, is my uh, creaky dulcet tones they grow on you as they put you to sleep, and my humor. Uh, people become quickly immune to it and then they fall asleep. They say, Well, I kind of smile, but sometimes when the people first listen uh, because they're so surprised, I don't think I'm actually trying to be too hard to be funny, I'm just being myself. But uh, uh, don't worry, once you get to know me, you'll you, you won't laugh out loud at me, you'll just kind of give a knowing smile as you drift off into dreamland. So if you're new, give it a few tries. The Structure Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free. And actually, the way we keep it free is the listeners that either go to our website or become a patron and support sponsors. So thank you to everyone doing that. That's how the podcast stays free. Then we have an intro. The intros are around 12 minutes or so. And when I say or so, I mean anywhere from nine to seventeen minutes, maybe more. And where I try to make a metaphor about the podcast and describe, make like let new tell new listeners about the podcast in a concise way. And since I don't do that, then I just kind of just talk and try to get to the point, and I get distracted. Uh, So, yeah, that's the rusty meander part. And so, so, oh, so that's the intro. Kind of a show within a show. A lot of people listen to it as they're getting ready for bed. Or I'm hearing from more and more people that listen to it. We get a little uh, during the day if you need a little chill out session in traffic or something, you know, comes up at work. You say, okay, let me listen to a little scoots. Yeah, uh, some people skip the intro, and those are the people that kind of are usually patrons, or they support the sponsors. Uh, uh, but some people just skip the intro, go straight to the story. Some some people fall asleep during the intro. Uh, so that, that's uh, the intro part. Then uh, tonight, then there's a bedtime story part. Tonight's where we're going to be talking to a butterfly, uh, who's been on the show quite a few times, Bernie the butterfly. We'll be talking to Bernie. And we'll, you'll get to know Bernie first, so if you if you don't know who Bernie the Butterfly is, don't worry, I'll explain it to you. And that'll be about 45 minutes, and the show ends with some thank yous and good nights, and in between the intro and the story is some business, too. Uh, so that's uh that's the structure of the show. Even though it's a podcast to put you to sleep, you, you, there's no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here the whole time to keep you company. And like I'll be here like your friend talking to you. As you drift off in a dreamland at your leisure, walking at your side, sitting near your bed or across, you know, far away from your bed, whatever you wish, or in another room, and you'll be able to hear me through the walls. You know, kind of like if if you were a kid and your parents were watching a show you had no interest in and it was loud enough that you could hear it in your room. And so you didn't really care because it was like, I don't know what that show that would have been for me. A dynasty or something, and I probably missed out. I said, holy, you know, potential uh, plot lines and crushes and in, in things, in, or Dallas, or I think there was one other one. But, uh, you know, I was just asleep, so I just hear, uh, you know, murmuring through the walls. But it wasn't like they were watching something like Remington Steel that I said, I can't believe my mom's watching Remington Steel. Why can't I stay up late enough to watch Remington Steel? or Moonlighting, Uh, those are all old shows, so don't worry about it if you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean, though. The experience of uh, murmuring television that's right on that spectrum where it doesn't get on your nerves, that's what I'm shooting for. Now, I don't hit that target for everybody, uh, but that's what I kind of mean. Like, sometimes there's sounds in the night, and, and that's what this podcast is trying to replicate, where you could just lie there, and you listen with, like, something on the positive side of neutral, where you say, okay, I'm just in the moment here, I'm lying here, and I can hear the sound of the TV, or maybe it's some other sound outside, or maybe it's this podcast. And you say, well, I'm a kind of relaxed, uh, almost like a third-party observer, uh, which in observing scoots his brain from, uh, from the outside is quite uh, the experience. And eventually, the thing is, you're just observing me, and I I engage you just enough that that you observe me, but not so much uh, that you say, well, I can't stop watching this. Uh, This podcast is not riveting, so you you could just lie there and drift away. Uh, So there's no pressure to fall asleep. There's no pressure to listen, and I'll be here the whole time. And one of the reasons I'm there is because I've been there. And sometimes it's because you can't. I, I can't sleep because I'm thinking. Sometimes I can't get my temperature correctly. Uh, sometimes it's, it's whatever. You know, sometimes you you just don't feel great. It's a kind of neutral way to state it. And you say, "Huh? You can't. You can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know if that's malaise." Uh, and I, it's been a while since I've talked about malaise. Uh, which is kind of like uh it's I think malaise is a nice word because it's not too uh intense it's just the right right amount and also I don't I'm not positive what it means and there's also a lot of jokes that I haven't said about malaise that now I can reuse uh like if you go to Renaissance fair you could say good afternoon malaise uh, instead of and you it couldn't even it doesn't even have to be it could be a fun way. Instead of saying, whatever, my ladies or whatever. Or, yeah, if you go to, like, a Bridge Hour, uh, or you're hosting any bingo at, at, like, a local retirement community, not to, you could just call everybody Malays. Uh, or if you're going to have snack on some chips, you could say, hmm, you're looking very tasty, Malays." Also, if that company wants to pay me millions of dollars for that, uh, maybe I'll think about it or you could say something like me thinks me going me down. Uh, that's, that sounds a little too, that's too goofy for me. Me lays. Uh, or if uh, I think maybe the funniest thing, that, or did I talk about this? Uh, like if you had lasers, uh, if your best friend was a laser, you'd say malaise. Uh, it's me and my, that could be your like uh, autobiography too. Me and malaise. Uh, Who's a famous laser uh, figure in laser history, really? I mean, my brain is not going to come up with an answer, but I mean, I know they're working on that in the movie Real Genius, uh, but that was fiction. (laughs) That's the closest laser history I know. Uh, But like if your best friend was the actual laser, you'd say, it's just me and my laser. that's a informal. I don't know if that's a gerund, but uh, it's informal. You, you, like otherwise, you'd say uh, uh, my laser. And I think my bro, I think this has probably come up the last time I was talking about Malays. I, I have. A, I know a couple of people with the last name Kaiser. And uh, one of them is my brother's friend. His nickname was Laser Kaiser. And I was friends with his cousin, uh, Kyle and uh, the, the laser case, or said, if he was my friend, I'd call him malaise, you know. Yeah, but here's something to think about. Think about befriending. How about building, you know, the world we want to see? How about befriending some lasers? And I'm not talking about those. Well, maybe not. I mean, maybe I shouldn't uh, start pointing fingers at laser pointers, but those kind of do get on my nerves. But maybe you say, hey, malaise, uh, let's, not, uh, let's find a better use for you. And someone did because they made those Christmas lasers. Uh, So I guess, I I mean, I don't think I used that this holiday because I did have those Christmas lasers up. uh, Bought them in July of 2015. No, maybe 2014. Didn't use them in 2015 or 2014. No, I did. 2015, I didn't use them. But 16 and 17, I did. Only in 2016 did my neighbor complain about it, the upstairs neighbor. And said, "Could you keep those lasers out of my apartment?" And they just kind of gave him a look like that. It just sounded like that. I, I, this is with the Christmas lasers. Uh, I could try, but I can't make any promises, you know, because uh, you know Santa and stuff like that. Uh, but here's the thing. That's why I make the podcast. I, 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 if if malaise means what I think it is, I'm familiar with that, uh, and I got a case of it this week. And and un like un like whatever you call it unanchored, he said. Where'd this come from? Not feeling you know, not so hot is the way I'd say. And I'm doing a lot of uh, writing in the morning, the after in the night. So I say, once you put, write, put that stuff on paper, you say, "Oh yeah, like uh, that looks like you spilled some blaze all over that page," and. I don't know. I guess I'm sympathetic, uh, both to the little boy that lives inside me, uh, figuratively, of course, and, uh, the one, the little one, uh, that, that who I am. Uh, but for you, if you're sleepless and maybe it's something unrelated to any of that, uh, maybe it's just a one night only thing, uh, you're on a trip or whatever, uh, I feel for you because I, I think you deserve a good night's sleep and, and without, a lot of hassle or rigmarole. And even when you're in kind of the malaise zone, as I can, I I guess when I use it, when I'm re-empowering it by thinking about walking the streets with a cool laser and elbowing each other and laughing, I feel pretty good about malaise all of a sudden. So maybe I just have to do podcast intros. But it's true, by helping you... I think it gives me a little space to say, hey, man, you're not the only person uh, because you're not either. And I want you to get a good night's sleep. uh, And uh, I hope I can help. It doesn't work for everybody. Like I say, and 99% of listeners say, give it a few tries. Uh, See if it works for you. But I really hope it does. I, I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep. Thank you for coming by. All right, everybody, Uh, so tonight's an interesting episode, and with a character that hasn't been on the show for a while, so it'll take a little bit of setup um, uh, to explain it. But we're excited to to, to launch this episode uh, because of a product in our new uh, Sleep With Me store uh, that we've got set up uh, in partnership with Night Vale Presents and Tapatico. And you can get there through sleepwithmepodcast.com or tapatico.com. Uh, you can just click, uh, check the link in the show notes. Um, it's a real cool, easy way to get your Sleep With Me swag on. And speaking of swag, I think it was last summer where we had a, a, a guest on, a guest from the show, uh, which if you're a new listener, I'll kind of explain it. I'll uh, use my sleepy tones uh, to walk through what I recall is the history of this uh, this character. And then the character will come on, and they want to uh, talk back a little bit. Not not back-talking, but uh, they come from a segment called Nature Talks Back. Uh, Their last appearance was last summer. Bernie the Butterfly is the character I'm talking about, and Bernie came on to talk about uh, uh, Bernie's favorite five seconds of summer swag. And uh, I guess... uh, and now, uh, just a year later, or so uh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie is uh, part of Sleep with Me swag and a tote bag you could get on our show. But so, if you're new, let me walk you through the history of Bernie the butterfly because uh, it goes all the way back to the early days of the podcast. Maybe it may have been episode 100 that Bernie was first on, or it was a very early episode because I was just a. Uh, uh, it was it just went out uh, on Patreon a couple like a couple months ago. Uh, so let me walk you through it because I know some of you might say, "Scoot, you have guests on the show." And I say, "Well, I have guests, uh guest, uh, guest personalities. Yeah, come they come on the mic. Well, well, right in the studio. Also, Bernie's not on time, but that's like a power move that Bernie uses. So I'm I'm also feeling airtime." Uh, so, once upon a time, probably in 2014, if it was uh, episode 100, because uh, we started the podcast in 2013, uh, uh, there was a butterfly. So, I live in an apartment building. Well, I live in a house that was converted into apartments, uh, like probably, I don't know, a long time ago. Uh, so, each uh, unit is a one bedroom apartment. I think, it, I don't know when the last time it was a house. It may have been back in one of the WWs. But for for where I live, which is rare, is that there's a a vacant lot next door to my uh, apartment building. And in the Bay Area, that's kind of rare. And next door, of course, there's like, you know, it's an urban area, but there's a fair amount of uh, living beings there. Butterflies, uh, uh, forest friends, as we call them on the podcast, to avoid any... Because not all the forest friends people want to think about at bedtime, but you have the ones that people do do like butterflies, birds, and uh, fuzzy you know fuzzy friends squirrels. Some people like squirrels, yeah, caterpillars. I think the roly polies we saw roly poly yesterday, yeah, or potato bugs. Some people call them roly polies. Some people call them potato bugs. So they live in the lot next door. In, in that lot uh, defying all like a lot of these uh, these historical precedents about the lives of butterflies or lives of butterflies is a, was a butterfly uh, n- named Bernie, and Bernie was my neighbor. And then at some point, according to Bernie, the, the um, mother nature and the butterfly contingent, uh, they had had enough of me, and for some reason, poor LeVar Burton got dragged into all this. And I think just like a lot of things, LeVar Burton just happened to be a convenient target for the butterflies' ire. I R E. So what happened was, and they—I guess Bernie—Bernie is Bernie some sort of hyper-aware butterfly. And the the mother nature and the butterflies and everyone that lived in the lot uh, said, Hey, Bernie, let's go talk back to these humans and tell them what's what. And Bernie has a, a personality that could be best described as gruff. Uh, I don't know how accurate that would be. But on the softer end, you could say he's a gruff butterfly. And so Bernie was more than happy to come on the show, on the podcast, to invite, invite themselves. But who's going to turn down a talking sentient butterfly who wants to complain about, uh, I mean, no offense, but I said, well, I want to hear what you have to say if you got a love of our burden. And so Bernie came on, and I think the crux of Bernie's argument was that they shouldn't have used butterflies, fly twice as high. I can fly twice as high. butterfly in the sky, I can fly twice as I. They were fixated on that. And then they also, Bernie had other complaints like uh, butterfly nets don't do it, uh, I guess I'd say, quoting Bernie. And just that they feel, butterflies feel like they've been co-opted and that we don't appreciate how difficult it is to be a butterfly. Uh, And and so Bernie and Mother Nature Talks Back uh, was said that segment, and Bernie got a chance to talk back. And then time passed, and I think every once in a while I'd see Bernie and I'd hear a a, a uh, harumph from a butterfly. And then you know how you go on the Internet, they call it the World Wide Web. I'm trying to use coded language here. One day, Bernie found Bernie's, Bernie in the World Wide Web, but not the World Wide one. One uh, localized outside my apartment, if you catch my drift. And I said, hey, Bernie, let me help you out of there. You're a butterfly, you're a friend of, you know, you're, I, I like Bernie. And after that, Bernie, I had to put Bernie in a shoebox and then, um, you know, made a nice bed for Bernie, brought him inside. Now, he claimed that that web, uh, like, uh, like he, he had a sense of web sensitivity or something. And that's the only thing. Then I said, well, what do I give a butterfly? So I gave Bernie some uh, sports drink, uh, and if any sports drinks companies want to sponsor the podcast, I'll uh, horn your name right in there. It uh, the time being, we'll say the Kirkland brand because, uh. That's the most, you know, that's the most cost-effective one, and so Bernie, it seemed like it, that Bernie was not improving, and Bernie's needs were increasing of being served hand and foot, and being able to watch TV, and me being Bernie's best friend, but I don't know how, uh, whatever two-way street it was, because I'd say Bernie man had the roughest, you know, I've, this was back. Uh, up until the, the, the end of 2017, I was like Bernie. I had this full-time job. I have a podcast. It's, 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 and Bernie said, "Tell it to somebody else." You know, I got bring me some Gatorade. And then Bernie came on the show a few more times. I think Bernie uh, didn't like uh, Owen and Mzee. I don't remember why. I said, what don't, "What don't you like about Owen and Mzee?" I think the whole co-opting thing again. So Bernie came on about that. Then Bernie came on because to to talk back to me, what did I do? Oh, because of the Canadian, Canada geese. I think Bernie, you know, I don't know how Bernie turned to that against me, that uh, when I go running, especially when I had one of my day jobs, uh, I would get frustrated with all the Canadian, Canada geese uh, leftovers everywhere. And them, like, hissing at me and stuff. But I think in the end, Bernie probably agreed with me, maybe, about the Canada geese. I'm not sure. And so that was a couple of years ago. And then at some point, and I don't know, like, so Bernie li- became my live-in, uh, live-in I'd say roommate, but a roommate would mean they pay rent and uh, do things, uh and I tried to, I did wean, there were times I weaned Bernie off a of Gatorade, <laughs> just sugar water, and eventually lightly sugared water, uh, with, you know, the, the, that I had to drip and die, you know, to say, well, yeah, well, this is totally fruit punch, uh, water aid. But then Bernie would, do like, uh, whatever. So we had this, like, uh, interesting relationship. Let's just say that's, And to be honest, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon, too. So we were kind of like two—I don't know who was curmudgeon and who was not. I know Oscar and Felix. uh, I don't know who's the grouchy one, but that would be me. I said, why couldn't I have gotten myself a fastidious butterfly that's good at organizing and uh, getting my life in order? And Bernie just would cry. If any time Bernie was down, I would say something like that. and then Bernie had like 8,000 punchlines so that, you know, your life is, you know, out of order, never, you know, the whole thing. In uh, fastidious butterfly, he would just go, like, he would go to the bathroom and close the door. And I don't even think he goes to the bathroom. I don't know how any of that works. but, And he would just be in there saying fastidious butterfly over and over again, laughing. And, but at some point when I was at work, uh, and Bernie was watching too much TV and also then Bernie learned how to get on YouTube and this must've been, this was before, so this had to have been like 20, what is it? 2018, 17, 16, maybe in the 15, maybe 2015, maybe 2016. Cause I still worked a few days like in uh, the Southern Bay area or at the northern, northern end of the Southern Bay Area. Uh, Bernie um, fell. well, I, I'll say it, Bernie really developed a strong affinity uh, for Five Seconds of Summer. And again, I'm not trying to uh, be funny because I do, there are boy bands I like. Uh, and it's not that I dislike Five Seconds of Summer. I'm just, and I'm really, I'm just fairly, other than when Bernie comes on the show, I don't, I'm not super familiar with them. Uh, So I can't say that I have like an opinion of them either way, which I guess to a lot of, like Bernie, that's incredibly offensive. Uh, And I say, well, I'm glad, like, it's like when somebody's a fan of something, like I like fish and a lot of people don't. Uh, I would prefer to say, well, that's great for you. I'm so glad that you love five seconds of summer. I mean, that's honestly how I feel. And then I say, holy crap, this is a butterfly (laughs) And then I enjoy it on about 5,000 different levels. Uh, I have a butterfly that lives with me, and he's a grouch, uh, a, a super grouch, uh, to, just to be clear. And he loves five seconds of summer. That is the deliciousness of life, if I've ever heard of it, you know? And so at some point, I pulled some strings, and Bernie got to interview. I pulled some strings in my imagination, and Bernie had the opportunity to interview the five boy, the boy boys. I think they're men. Even then, I think they were men. they were boy, boys. Let's see. I think he called them boys. So he called them the boys uh, for five seconds of summer. And that went pretty good. It was really a good, a gripping listen uh, to sleep to. And I guess I don't know if his he was already a fan then. And then at some point last summer, he said, "I want to come on the show and I want to do because I got a lot of Five Seconds Summer swag uh, to talk about, both official and unofficial uh, Five Seconds to Summer merchandise." And he also like uh, he has a like he also has like a like a mentor type of feeling for one of the uh, members of the band. There's a is it like Killian Killian and. Uh, there's Ashton. There's like the kind of two, there's like the Paul and John. Uh, those are Beatles references. I don't think since Paul and John before uh, Ashton and Kendall or. Uh, w- w- anyway, he he had an affinity for one of the two. Kind of, like there's a, definitely one lead, no offense to Bernie. And then there's kind of like, uh, there's like the second lead. I'm trying to think in, uh, in pop culture, I'm sure there's like a lot of characters where you say, you know, they can't, whatever. They say, well, I'm not sure if you're the Paul, you know, you're the Paul or the John. Anyway, no, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying, just, just stating, these are just my opinions, by the way. Yeah, it could be totally off base. And I also think Barney kind of uh, had some like uh, assumptions that one one of the other five seconds is one of the five seconds of summer, which is strange. There's only four of them. So I don't know if it's, I I think probably the name comes from, it feels like summer only goes for five seconds. Uh, uh, But uh, I'm sure Bernie will have a comment on who he likes and who doesn't, but he's a butterfly. So his memory is not excellent, uh, except for gripes. He's really good at remembering gripes. Uh, so that's kind of it. I mean, if you're sensitive or anything, Bernie, you know, I've, I've got him. You know, I can pause it and calm him down. But he does have a bit of an accent, and he's a bit of a grub. Like, think he cab driver. Like, wait till you see him on the tote. What he looks like on the tote is what he's like and uh, his personality like like. Uh, but he's really a lovely person, and he's here to talk. Like, he's not happy about the tote bag. I don't think, but really, he, you know, he is, he, who, how many people would get put on a tote bag? And I also think he's just here to talk about more five seconds of summer stuff. So, um, without further ado, I'm going to pause it and go find Bernie because he like, uh, also he's got that diva thing. So I said, I told him 30 minutes before I wanted him here. And now it's like 25 minutes after that, uh, So he's probably lying around somewhere waiting for me to bring him a chilled sport drink. Uh, so I'll be right back with Bernie the butterfly. All right, everybody. I'm back here with uh, Bernie the butterfly and we're going to be talking a little bit about five seconds of summer and Bernie wanted me to mention, uh, that they're going to be on tour. Their new album. Young blood is either out or available for pre-order. I don't know when this episode's coming out. Uh, but in August, they're going to be the Meet You There tours, uh, August, to uh, September, uh, October. Uh, they're also going to be doing like a lot of the, uh, you know, radio uh, festivals this in June. Uh, so keep in the lookout. You don't want to miss five like seconds of summer. If you don't know who they, whom they are, uh, if I, this is uh, finally, i looked it up. Bernie told me to, though, um. They're an Australian pop rock band, Five Seconds of Summer, or or 5SOS, from Sydney. They started as YouTube celebrities uh, and uh, hit the fame, or rose to fame. They were on tour with One Direction on the Take Me Home tour. And in 2014, they had their debut debut single, She Looks So Perfect. Uh, they've, they've, They've been really, really successful um, where's the band members here? Oh, the band, no, no. So Luke Hemmings, uh, Callum Hood, Ashton Irwin, and Michael Clifford. And, uh, hey, Bernie, why don't you take a sip of that, uh, uh, sport drink. Uh, yeah, I think Bernie gets Ashton and Luke mixed up. I think he likes Ashton, and Luke's the one he has an eye out for. Uh, but let's see, they all went to school together. Yeah, Luke Hemmings kind of was, uh. Uh, the one that kicked it off with uh, covers of uh, uh, different songs like Mike Posner's Please no, please Don't Go and uh, other songs. And then he was joined by Ashton Irwin and drums. I would have thought Callum would have played the drums because he's kind of the toughest one, it seems like. Or Michael. I thought Michael played the drums, too. For a while, Bernie was calling him blue hair, or green hair. Yeah, uh, but bernie is there anything else you want uh, ladies and gentlemen boys and girls uh, friends beyond the binary uh n- natural creatures great and small uh even inorganic beings or just in- anything listening uh uh i well, want you to introduce you to bernie the butterfly yeah bernie the butterfly here thank thanks thank you scooter uh yeah, thanks so much for mentioning uh, my boys at uh, Five Seconds of Summer. I realize the men now, and I appreciate you mentioning that too, uh, in the two in the new album. They're very, very entertaining, uh, not to be missed. You could uh, in, a, in a in a you know in, in a generationally go, you know, grandparents, uh, parents, and your children. Uh, so please check out Five Seconds of Summer. And if Five Seconds of Summer, you know, I'm giving you the free promos already. And uh, speaking of promotions here, Bernie the Butterfly comes on the show for Nature Talks Back. Uh, boom. Uh, we hear it. I come on the show to set, to set the record straight. Uh, and you could see just in the history of the podcast how well that's going. Uh, because the humans, you know, you don't necessarily listen to anything was saying to you. And uh, so whatever, clear the wax out of your ears already. Uh, Scooter also told me, because of humans, you know, you can can only talk in subtext, Bernie. But I'm here because I got a specific gripe, which is uh, that I hear about myself being portrayed by, uh, and by the way, I don't think the artist listens to this friggin' podcast, but if he does, uh, Ian with two I's, uh, whatever, A's, whatever it is, uh, you might, you know, you might think you just, uh, uh, yeah, I got my eye on you. My two eyes, by the way, which are on antennae, so I got a good look. I can find you uh, if I need to be. Uh, so this odyssey, he put me on a, a, a tote bag, and uh, there was another good fella involved with this planning of this thing called Adam. So also, if he's listening, uh, okay, Bernie. Let me just—I'm uh, fully responsible for the tote bag. And yes, uh, Adam and Ian were involved in it, uh, helping me, uh, but they only, uh, they, they, they actually did the hard work. I did the, but uh, the work that, the blame work of saying, what does Bernie look like? Uh, if that comes down to me, oh yeah, by the way, how, how exactly did you, uh, describe me, pot boy? Uh, well, first, I, I just kind of gave a general overview, which was uh, that uh, you don't like LeVar Burton, uh, grouchy butterfly. I think that's what I first started. But then the artist kind of reached out and said, well, I need more detail. Oh, really? So, you know, I, I, I just have an opinion of LeVar Burton's treatment of butterflies, actually. It is independent of LeVar Burton as a person or being. It is just his actions and the impact they've had on the butterfly community and the perception of the butterfly community. Okay, I get that, but um, let's see. Uh, okay, uh, so then he said more detail. You know, I, I, I kind of said, "Well, he, I, you know, like uh, okay, go ahead, but go ahead, bad boy. Tell me, tell me what you told the artist exactly." Well, I said, "Uh, this is what I tried to say. I said he's a bit like David Johansen from Scrooge, uh, but he could be like the younger David Johansen too. Uh, and uh, but you know, but 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 like the gruffy side, uh, but, uh like a ca- like David Johansen as a cab driver in Scrooge. I guess. Oh, well, how uh, charming, actually. Uh, and that, that is one of my favorite characters from the movie Scrooge. The movies in general." And, uh, well, thank you, pot boy. I'm touched. You think I'm so handsome. No, I mean, he he is a very handsome man. Uh, uh, so, and I think, uh, I mean, in that movie, he had a lot of makeup on. Oh, so, uh, would you prefer me in a cab driver makeup pot boy? Or, uh, well, I think, you know, you could, you, uh, I don't know. I think it would be interesting if we, if there was a New York dolls, Bernie is Scrooge Bernie and then a, just a solo uh, David Johansson-Bernie. I don't think we would need a Buster Poindexter-Bernie, but I think if anybody, like, yeah, but how come there's not going to be a Buster Poindexter-Bernie? I don't think that, like, David Johansson would want that. And, uh, uh I mean, that, yeah, uh, I mean, I think the first time I saw that was on, like, a Nickelodeon or something. Oh, so, uh... We, okay. Well, I, 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 wow! I did not realize you were uh, a pod boy. I'm really because ri- I thought you would have said something, you know, much more ridiculous, or f- fantastical. Uh, but I really, uh, I'm really pleased with how you, uh, you had me described. Well, I think it was important. I mean, uh, uh, uh and, and uh, you know, that wasn't, you know, it was it was uh, between Adam and Ian working together that really came up with a positive vision of you. Uh, so like, I can't take credit for that. I, only if you, the things you're unhappy about. Okay, bad boy. Well, let me tell you what I'm unhappy about here. I'm on a, to- I'm on a tote bag. Well, you, uh, you do like, uh, how am I supposed to friggin' carry a tote bag? I'm a butterfly. What is a butterfly going to do with a tote bag? Well, I thought tonight we, maybe we would talk about the history of, or you could talk about the history of tote bags. Uh, and by talking about it, you might realize what benefits in not just being on a tote bag is. But as we delve into the in, like history of the tote bag and you read a couple articles uh, and you can comment on them however you wish, you might get an idea of uh, what a tote bag can hold and it might change your opinion. Oh, bad boy, I see where you're going already. You butter me up by uh, calling me David Johansson uh and having me all handsome-like, which is a good move, because, uh, you know, all the butterflies talk about me. I mean, I don't know if anybody's heard of any other butterflies by first name, Uh, but so I may be the most famous butterfly of all time, Uh, because it wasn't the butterfly in the sky. That one was getting, you know, comparatively worse than the humans that were going twice as high. Also, that butterfly didn't have a name, And I don't know. So I think I'm pretty good. I'm pretty popular, huh? You're popular enough to go on a tote bag, Bernie. That says a lot. And your token phrase is there. Nature talks back. Yeah, so just remember that, you you humans. uh, uh, That's how I say it because I mean it. Uh, Okay, so how can I talk about this? How am I going to get my surprise spot, boy? Well, I know you can't carry a tote bag, but, but I was thinking we could have had one made, a miniature tote bag, but then what good was that to you? Because I know what you would want in the tote bag, uh, we I would have to carry it anyway. Okay, so where do you want me to start? Oh, thank you, Potboys. Potboys handing me my, uh, I feel like a news anchor here. Now, this here is from Racked.com, R-A-C-K-E-D, A History of the Humble Tote Bag. It is written by Ani Irish, A-N-N-I Irish, uh, May 5th, 2017 here. And I'm going to be paraphrasing from this here article here. From the carry-all uh, to your uh, local public radio pledge drive, hipster bags with obscure and quotes. Uh, it's a slick leather version. So, uh, the humble tote bag serves many purposes. Uh, dressed down or dressed up, handy to have around and higher-end ones are gaining in popularity over here. Uh, the bag serves a useful purpose, but it, nobody cares about the history because you're too busy human and around. Uh, the etymology of the word tote to carry goes back to the 17th century, uh, but it took you humans uh, fast forward a few hundred years uh, for the bag to get popular during the 19th century. It uh, served many purposes over the years, but in the 40s, uh, main base to store LL Bean uh, put it on its map by introducing the ice bag, uh, which would let you uh, carry ice in, and that's how the tote was uh started. It was reintroduced in the 60s in the same form, yes, yeah, says uh, Mary Rose McKinnon of LL Bean. Uh, now they call it the boat bag, which is one of the most popular items uh, based on the ice bag. And, yeah, they change around elements to make it look nice. I think Scooter's aunt has one of these things. They've seen it before. yeah, uh, His aunt, Molly. Uh, but, yeah, well, there's a lot of knockoffs and things, and they sell them in a variety of sizes, handle lengths, materials, and finishes, uh, and uh, new on-trend colors are seasonally, yeah, even options like a zipper top, leather handles, and waxed canvas. It should all be a friggin' wax canvas. That's how you keep your ice in there. Uh, While they don't say how many they sell, uh, uh, they do say they make a half a million a year in the factory in Brunswick, Maine. In the 50s, it got popular for using in chores. and uh, during the '60s, American designer Bonnie Cashin created the Cashin Carry tote. C-A-S-H-I-N, not Cash and Carry like the stores. Uh, Cashin's elegant design helped bring the tote to another level. Uh, there's an everyday ease about the bag that is yet to be captured by other retailers. Uh, then in the '80s, uh, 1980s, by the way. Over here, where I may be riding around in a cab with David Johansson in New York City, uh, the Strand introduced uh, its version of the bag, which you can still see on the city streets today and in the hands of tourists everywhere. Uh, Lisa G., uh, the head designer, uh, it was uh, first introduced in the 80s. It was a blank uh, tote, uh, uh, duck cotton canvas with uh, red letters uh, saying the store's name, address, and phone number. And slogans like 18 miles of books. Uh, its design has evolved over the years as well. and its popularity, the Strand Bag continues to grow. 89,000 uh, totes were sold by Strand in 2016. And they really take the time to uh, make it a uh, very uh, time-based and... Uh, you know, based on artists, authors, or uh, current events, uh, like kind of current events like Nature Talks Back. uh, Talk about a current event, bad boy. It's been a current event since you humans were around. And uh, you got to keep the designs fresh. Unless, you know, there's some sort of iconic figure that goes on a tote bag and they say that's it for tote bags. Just keep this figure on there a simple message uh, that everyone could agree upon in a handsome butterfly. Once you do that, that's it. Peak tote bag. Yeah. Uh, over time, the strands have made a impro- the strand has made improvements like uh, handles, Velcro. Uh, they've worked with a uh, great artist. I don't know if any greater artists than this, uh, young Ian, uh, I, uh, the young man who does, you know, who did me, I have yet to meet him and know what his real name is, but, uh, I'm very happy about it. Uh, uh, high-end totes are making their way down the runway as well over here. Uh, there's Madwell totes, and Well totes, uh, Prada. Hey, Prada, how about you put me on your friggin' tote bag already? Uh, and uh, the durable canvas is durable, but luxury, you know, they want other stuff. Plush uh, velvet leather. Uh, high-end bags. Uh, that's the Madwell uh, transport totes. And how about this? Uh, even Ikea, where Scooter buys all his uh, furniture, has popularized it. So uh, they have that big big old bag there. And in uh, 2016, the bag's got a makeover. And uh, the hay somebody, a company, did a high-end version in France uh, by a luxury bag maker. Uh, so the nice, and, uh, let's read in one more article here about, uh, uh, tote bag history. What else have we got? Oh no, we got uh, two more articles here. Uh, because Scooter said, well, you got to talk about public radio, but here's another one, startup fashion. This is from July 15th, 2017. Uh, look at the history of the tote bag. It doesn't have an author. So I'm wondering if it, uh, let's see what it has in here. Uh, let's see, 17th century toting involved, uh, transporting items by hand in some kind of bag, uh, they probably didn't look like today's totes, uh, but they're loosely considered to be the first, uh, iteration, oh, verb, to tote, we were toting stuff around in the 17th century, uh, and then it began to go from a verb to a noun, uh, when L.L. Bean did the ice bag. A yeah, boxy bag, cut from heavy canvas, a yeah, sturdy, versatile bag was a hit. Uh, yeah, then, in the '60s, as we said, Elle being upgraded the bag. Then Bonnie Cashin came in. I think it was. Does it say she did it for herself or for Coach the first time? I don't know. Yeah. Then it became good for advertisements in the '70s and '80s, which we covered with Strand. A uh, Birkin bag, this is what, it's a Birkin bag is a tote, a functional piece and a trend. Uh, uh, build a better tote is the Birkin bag. Uh, as you might know, this story goes in that Jane Birkin was seated on a plane next to Hermes uh, Jean-Louis Dumas in 1981. Uh, her straw tote got emptied out. They said, hey, let me get make you a bag for jet setting. I'm not familiar with how come I'm not on a Birkin bag actually it would be nice. I'd like to be carried by jet set. Uh, oh no, I wouldn't because you're you're too busy flying twice as high as butterflies. Uh, so don't do any jet setting. Then there was it bags uh, uh, from uh, the variations on the tote from people like Kate Spade, uh, Louis Vuitton. And, of course, which was mentioned, uh, they say in this one, slightly lower end, but popular Madwell transport totes. Oh, here we go. This article is by Jessica Bucci. B- B- Jessica, B-U-C-C-I. So that's good. We had the author there. And that one's from uh, startupfashion.com. Okay, bye, boy. This is the last friggin' article I'm going to read over here. Uh, this one's from the Atlantic... Uh, Atlantic, TheAtlantic.com, How NPR tote Bags Became a Thing. And this is by uh, a- 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 Adrienne uh, LaFrance uh, from uh, April 20, April 16, 2015. Uh, a lot of you know that, uh, well, NPR is only 44 years old. Hold the phone. What the heck? That's the news to me. Uh, you know, I was a butterfly. I've only been aware of the radio for a few years anyway. Uh, But tote bags are synonymous with public radio. They started as an incentive as a thank you. As we know the history of them, they've been around for a long time. Uh, But uh, they're an indelible uh, part of, uh, NPR is an indelible part of the object itself. Uh, uh, They talked to Barbara Sopado of NPR, who does uh, consumer products, uh, she says, people just liked tote bags uh, in the early 70s when public radio began. Hey, g- hey, you, hey, United States, what in the heck took you so long? 19-friggin'-70s. Yeah, but Sopado told, uh, let's see, it's easy giveaway, affordable and useful. Yeah, fits in with public radio, grassroots people. Kind of like people who would buy a tote bag from a pod boy. Yeah... They, uh, they have, let's see, NPR, uh, they opened uh, the shop 15 years ago and, uh, they sell, now they sell a lot of mugs and tote bags. They didn't start selling them right away. Uh, so in addition to giving them as incentives, uh, they also sell the tote bags. So to all the affiliates, uh, as a part of the local pledge drives and, uh, people still, uh, uh, they, they, they Sopado says, we've raised all boats by filling the world with mo- more tote bags. Uh, you know, now they have a lot more uh, branded merchandise, which is cool. Uh, they have, uh, oh, this is funny here N- Nina Totenbag, uh, which uh, features a likeness of longtime legal affairs producer Nina Totenberg. I love hearing her name on the radio. Because uh, the bad boy, he listens to uh, he listens to local Bay Area public radio stations. Uh, somewhat, but somewhat unusual uh, objects are becoming. Are you going Are they trying to say that having a Bernie the butterfly in a tote bag is unusual? Yeah, uh, but it's uh, an increasingly increasingly competitive news environment. Specialization is a way to sell, stand out. Uh, they're selling one of a kind items. I think any tote bag, even mass made, uh, that has a butterfly on it is one of a kind. Okay, Bernie, that's great. Uh, uh, thanks. You could go easy on the um, on the uh, so- oh, you want me to go a little easy? Okay, Scooter. What do we have next here? Well I thought you'd, you you I have some images of uh, 5 seconds of summer tote bags. I thought you could Oh boy. Okay, hand it over. I'll, I'll go through it with the audience here. Good night everybody. Oh boy. So I'm looking here at different 5 seconds of summer ones. The first one is a silhouette uh on a black tote bag. And uh, it's a gold silhouette of the boys uh just so, you know the silhouettes and uh and then in um Actually, funny enough, uh, the kind of font that looks like uh, uh, old-fashioned label maker says Five Seconds of Summer, and then it has the Five Seconds of Summer hash mark. Uh, uh, The next bag, this looks a little more official. That looked like maybe a fan bag. This has, uh, uh, you know, when you're sad after you lose love, uh, heart with a break. uh, But then with a safety pin back together— And then with one of the new official uh, Five Seconds of Summer logos. That's a nice one. Uh, Very nice art there. Uh, This one could be official, too. It has a big, it's a black uh, tote bag here. And it has a white circle with uh, the hash mark, five, and then SOS. uh, And then underneath it says Five Seconds of Summer. That's a nice one, but I don't know if, uh, not for me. Oh, and here's one of these more upgraded ones, uh, which has both uh, pictures of the boys from uh, Five Seconds of Summer in one direction. Uh, they're not just a band. To me, it says in between. Now, now of course, Five Seconds of Summer's on top. Uh, so, uh, and it goes uh, uh, Green Hair, uh, Luke, Ashton, and Callum. And uh, only two or three. Uh, and then down below, I think Harry Styles is the only one I know down there. He looks a bit like the Joker. Yeah, This is a messenger bag with uh, full, uh, uh, the boys from the waist up, I mean the dressed and the, the standing sideways. pitches is uh, very well lit, uh, and it says five seconds of summer. Oh, here's a nice one. It's a Michael Clifton signature tote bag. It's just a white tote bag with black handles with Michael's signature on it. And his handwriting is not as bad as Scooters, but it's not It looks like it says, oh, boy, holy cow. This is lovely. I would like this one. It is kind of the same bag as earlier, but a different print. It's a white tote bag. And it has a circle, uh, but instead of being a black circle, it's this beautiful... uh uh white uh, flower print uh, that, you know, I, I could suck the nectar from. And it says hashtag 5SOS. Uh, and then it says 5 Seconds of Summer in the same, uh, well, that's a lovely floral, floral tote bag. Uh, beautiful flowers. Yeah, because when I listen to 5 Seconds of Summer, I feel like it's spring. You know, that's how Bernie feels. Okay, this one I do not like at all. Uh, probably a fan bag, no offense, uh, but, uh, it, uh, says it has a circle at the top with five SOS hashtag, uh, no, the hash, hash marks, a hatch, whatever it is, I don't care. And then SOS, then it says five seconds of summer, and then it has a shot of the boys, but then some weird filter, so it doesn't look like them. You can't see the faces, uh, they look like something out of a science a science fiction thing. And they don't look like... I mean, they handsome. Why why would you want them uh, looking like that? Uh, now, this next page is a collection. It's another floral print bag with roses. I like that one. Uh, yeah, I might have to zoom in here to see how, how it won't let me zoom in. Then there's another one of just the boys from the eyes up, all four of the heads drawn. I don't see what it says. Probably the names. Uh, I can't see it. It, Then there's another one. Uh, These ones are nice. Uh, There's uh, one of the boys all standing, and they're tied together with uh, Ivy or something. Then there's one of the boys jumping with a circle behind them. It says five SOS. It says five seconds of summer below them. Uh, Then there's a more drawn-out five SOS bag against a black logo. A black background circle with red. And then a couple of, uh, like, instead of Dios de los Muertos, uh, it says, like, uh, Dios de Most Love, Five Seconds of Summer, because it has hearts in its eyes. And then one that's just a big Dios de los Muertos, uh, but with hearts in its eyes. Uh, and it says Five Seconds of Summer Underneath. Uh, Then there's a one uh, fan-made one of a piece of fan-made art with a young woman. Uh, And then it says, good girls are bad girls that uh, haven't been caught over here. So some lyrics there. Oh, boy, this one is uh, interesting, but not my thing. It's like a newspaper One of the, uh, like, uh, what are those things called? uh, Tabloids. It says Chalk Sound or something. World exclusive, five seconds of summer. Has Ashton there. And see, I told Scooter, I like Luke, not Ashton. Ashton has always got to be up front. Ashton, we're not here to fight people's, for people's approval. So there's Ashton out there getting up front on a tote bag. Uh, Here's another one, uh, another fan bag. Uh, It's got some neon. It has the boys, but the faces are covered up with T.O.C. Day. Most uh, love uh, five seconds of summer faces. Uh, So not bad. Uh, Here's another one, maybe official. Uh, It's black. It has... uh, uh, four squares that kind of look like they're stitched on of the boys, uh, like kind of like a shot uh, of shots of the mug, uh, and the mouths are covered with green ha uh, green X's. Uh, and then it says five seconds of summer with the hash marks in green. That's an interesting bag. I would say, I would say don't bring that bag to New York city, but because, uh, Here's a simpler bag that just says, don't let the colors fade to gray. You know, one of the famous great lyrics uh, there in are fading from blue to gray. Uh, here's another bag that just says punk rock, uh, which everybody, you know, that's what you think when you think five seconds of summer. The Pod Boys are laughing about that for some reason. Here's another one that says, darping since 2011. Uh, Five Seconds to Summer. I don't know what derping is. I'm going to have to look that up. I I mean, I thought I knew the boys, but I guess I do not. Uh, Here's the official Five Seconds to Summer book made into a purse. That's not a tote bag, by the way, boy. And we have some more tote bags here, but I've not seen anything new. But the boy has a couple more links for me to follow. Oh, here's one that's nice. It says, Nothing is Better Than You. Uh so that was on Google. We'll go over to Etsy here and see what we have here. Oh, I gotta buy myself some tote bags. I hope the pod boy sells a lot of those tote bags because I got a lot to buy with his uh, credit card. Okay, these are drawstring backpacks. Now I have to say something. This'll be like six months after, but the pod boy went to PodCon. And he got a, toe, uh, a drawstring backpack, and most people scoff at those, but his daughter got so much mileage out of that drawstring backpack that I just want to say, uh, to Hank Green, great job. Uh, because that really was a quality drawstring backpack. I'll never say anything. The pod boy said that. He said, uh, holy cow, these actually drawstring backpacks actually are pretty great. And they said, yes, if you put a reasonable thing in there, like two sweatshirts and some sunglasses and some sunscreen, you're fine. Uh, so these are just drawstring backpacks. There's one that says Callum uh, Clifford 95. Luke Hemmings don't stop. Uh, Young Blood. That's a new album, by the way. Get it while it's hot. Uh, okay, let's go over here to Red Bubble and see what's bubbling up over there. Okay, here's, this isn't bad here. They got some t- tote bags here. You complete complete me, but then uh, Luke Hemmings wrote up uh, uh, completely me's, me up, Hemmings. Uh, then we have some fun art of uh, the boys, uh, of different profiles of them. Then we have, like, the famous uh, notebook art that uh, boys are so well known for. I got so excited, I clicked, you know, that you see with all the names of the song. So many, uh, you know, for me, real fans like me, uh, so many cookies and things to discover in there. So that would be a nice bag for me to pass the time looking at. Also, by the way, there's a butterfly on there. Not as handsome as I am, though. You know, just a butterfly, regular, uh, generic uh, butterfly. Uh, there's a nice one with uh anchor that says real bands uh, save fans uh and real fans uh, save bands uh that's a nice one uh there's some emoji ones uh there's ones with the boys initials uh one that says ash double x uh one of fans chasing them uh, a lot of ones with lyrics uh yeah, uh, So that's interesting. If you want to find love, then you know where the city is. Uh, voodoo towel, because I can't help control myself. Uh, tell me where you're hiding it. Uh, yeah, Fluent in English, uh, fangirl and sarcasm. That's me. Oh, boy. Uh, another one with, like, uh, artwork based on the songs. I'm lonely like a castaway. Oh, that's what I say sometimes when I'm thinking about Luke. I say, i just like to keep Luke, uh, you know, from getting from Ashton, trying to take over everything, but uh, he doesn't listen, I don't think. Uh, come take a walk on the wild side, new broken scene. So a lot of options out there. But I'll be honest, if you're going to spend your money on a tote bag, uh, I mean, I, I, I know those guys have plenty of dough, the five seconds of summer, so why wouldn't you get one with Bernie the Butterfly? Yeah, but that's it, humans. I guess I don't have much to talk back to you about. Uh, so, this has it's been Bernie the Butterfly here, just checking in. Good to talk to all of you. And uh, see you soon. Good night. Okay, thanks, thanks everybody. Good night. Right, I want to thank everybody for reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Adam Can uh, said, Love, love to you, Scooter Ricks. Every time you don't last more than five to ten minutes. Good night. Uh, dog mom says uh, scooter helps. Uh, uh, scooter's the best way to get to sleep. Thank you, scooter. Uh, Ella X from the UK says not like any other podcast for sleep help. I've been using these for a while, on and off when I can't sleep. Enormously calming, always helpful. I'll never understand how someone is good at ranting and sidetracking, or how much of a form of, uh, to help sleep better. Yeah, I'm grateful either way. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh, Maya Maya says, uh, this really works. He drones on and on. Knowing how to be so boring is a strategy. I'm truly impressed. Puts me to sleep before I finish the episodes. Uh, Megan 157 from Canada says, Great if you're stressed or you have insomnia. Uh, you know, I, I bounce around listening to different ones. My brother can keep me up and, uh, this helps so much with that, a uh, nice calming show, every episode is different, makes you feel as if you're having a dream. I suggest uh, playing a game or something, this is a podcast in the background, you'll be entertained and be falling asleep. Uh, like a Drum 808 it says, uh, have you sleeping with me on and off for years? Usually it's a last resort, I used to prefer to listen to music. Recently, though, I've really needed a podcast. The uh, past five nights or so, I've been queuing up eight episodes of sleep with me. And falling asleep because the only thing that uh, helped me sh- with stress. Uh, and that way, if I wake up in the middle of the night, the pod's still going, so I don't have to look for it. Uh, it's the main reason I've been able to sleep so well so the past few nights. Thank you. Uh, Reven says uh, they don't like the podcast. Uh, they're looking just for ASMR triggers, which is just ASMR-y, but, uh, uh, hey, hey, how about some HGLP, says, uh, from Canada, says, amazing, does exactly what it says every single time. Uh, AJ says, it's like a lifesaver, uh, audiobooks used to be my go-to, but then I get invested in the plot, uh, voice and story is soothing enough to help me unfocus, and Steve play, which we may have thanked before, but I'll thank him again. Uh, Sleepy Man, my husband and I love this podcast. If I forget to turn it off, uh, he says, don't forget to turn off Sleepy Man or Sleepy Man Time. Oh, turn on. I've always suffered from some insomnia. This podcast works. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, uh, for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you review the show anywhere else, let me know. And uh, don't forget, sleepvale is a proud member of Night vale Presents. You can check out all those amazing shows over at NFL